2: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
0: That he thinks that Redbird Capital, the company that now owns the XFL, could fund the CFL's return to play this year, got everybody all excited. How about that? And I said, if there are such heroes and such saviors, why don't they pay for a bubble? Then they could actually play, like all these other leagues that are playing in empty stadiums and without fans, or in bubbles, however you want to do it. If they were such heroes, they'd write the check now.
2: This is the Rod Peterson Show. It
0: is. Welcome, everybody, to the second half kickoff. Just waking you up. We got breaking news today in the Canadian Football League. I don't have it specifically in front of me, but I will paraphrase. The CFL announcing just over one hour ago that training camps are indeed delayed. The start of the regular season is delayed now until August 5th. That is the target. There seems to be a little bit of some concrete plans here. Arash Madani is texting me his tweets and the information that he knows that uh, East Division teams have been told to prepare to play out West to kick this thing off. The schedule's been cut to 14 games, and the Grey Cup's been moved back to December. All of this subject to provincial health guidelines, raging inferno, as you know, all subject to the national vaccine rollout campaigns. So, so many people have written in today on the program and said, Rod, what are your thoughts? I'm going to give mine and Moose is going to give his. It's the pinch that the CFL leaders find themselves in, in that they can't do any more than what they've did today. They really can't, so I'm with them on that. On the flip side, we don't know really any more today than we knew yesterday. We all knew this was going to depend on getting COVID under control. That has not changed. So maybe Trudeau should be having a news conference this afternoon. He probably knows more than Randy Ambrosi does. So get out of here with the CFL, XFL stuff. None of that matters. It all depends on if they can get fans in the stands. What I was hoping for, and I asked Randy Ambrosi this way back in November when he was on this show on Great Cup Unite Week, when he announced... Oh, we plan to have more football than ever before in 2021. And I'm thinking, can we have a plan besides no fans in stands? What are the contingency plans? And he said, we're not in a position to talk about that. And four months later, five months later, they're still not in any position to talk about that. There's not a contingency plan to play without fans. If COVID continues to rage and we're told to socially distance and crowds can't gather, passed into the fall, the CFL is not playing. There was no outright guarantee given in the statement today from the Canadian Football League because they can't guarantee it. So I feel like I could talk for 60 solid minutes on this. I'll just end it there. Where are you on today's news? Then we'll move on with all the other stuff people want to talk
3: about. It's, it's, it's great. I think it's a good day for the CFL because we have this news. And am I any more excited about a season starting? No. I mean – I don't think the chances or odds of a season happening are not changed today. They didn't, right? All we did was we got some clarity, though, on what the league's actually looking at. Yeah. We knew they weren't looking and at starting kudos our time. To them. Yeah, and kudos to them for saying this because I know the players definitely were, but as a fan, we're not sitting here on pins and needles of daily anxiety wondering, are they going to play or not in the end of May, early June, and then starting to think about. Well, campsites are starting to open up their bookings. I don't want to book anything because I want to go to the games. And I don't want to take a vacation because uh, I want to go to the games. Well, now we know they're not starting till at plan least your August. So Pla- I can plan my summer. Yeah. I don't have to sit here wondering, well, are we going or are we not going? You know, we want to be at games with this show. Do I got to get sales team selling and planning travel? Now I can chill and take the anxiety away and say, look, it, now we're not worried about anything until August. So... Imagine that I feel that way. Imagine what the players are feeling.
0: They can go about their business. But so, Michael Alley, a viewer in Los Angeles watching on YouTube, dang it, it just slipped off the screen. Where's the comment from Michael Alley? Just slipped off the screen. We have all been waiting for word from the CFL. Under the circumstances, it makes sense. Hope they can actually play this year. Meanwhile, Paul Shanks writes in. He's watching on Facebook. He says, uh, just like last year, delay, delay, delay until we're told there's not going to be a CFL football season. In my opinion, CFL football as we know it is finished. So everybody has their opinion. We just gave ours. I can't see them playing. I said I'm 60-40 to them not playing. Brittany Griffiths came on here yesterday saying he's 70-30 to them not playing. And that is uh, for the three hurdles that I said. Getting COVID under control, the absence of money, which they don't have or don't want to spend. They have the money, but they don't want to spend it. And three, not every team seems to want to play. Now, Nelson Hakowicz, our viewer, our VP of Sim Events, writes in, he says, the fact they are willing to bubble up in the West makes it a lot easier to play in 2021. Nelson, I think you misread that. They're telling Eastern teams to be prepared to play in the West Division at the start of this season. they're not, The teams aren't moving out here. You're, they're going to be East at West road games to start. They're not talking about bubbles out here. That's
3: my read. Yeah, it could be that they spend all their time out here if they're not allowing travel, but it doesn't sound like bubbles. It sounds like maybe a Western Canada bubble. You know, like, hey, we're not doing anything east of Manitoba, east of Winnipeg. All these cities, travel about, do your thing, stay in hotels, whatever, Practice, you know, and and maybe buddy up with the team. I don't know. Who knows? There wasn't a lot of finite details on what that looks like. Just be prepared to not play at home.
0: Yeah. Viewer William May and Lloyd Minster says, which teams don't want to play? We've been told Toronto and Montreal, and I don't think that's changed. They don't want to spend the money. It's all a uh, cost versus Revenue. There's no revenue, and it's going to cost so much. They don't want to play for that reason. Can't blame them. It's their team. James in Border Manitoba says, road games not bubbled. That's the thing. They're not playing in a bubble anywhere. Michael Hellman, with a great question on YouTube, says, Hi, Rod. With the delay of the CFL season, do you think that the players in the CFL will be allowed to play in the spring league? I would have said no. No. But Martavis Bryant, the former Steelers star who signed with the Argos in January, is now signed in the Arena League with the Massachusetts Pirates. So I think all, I would like to think all rules are out the window. But again, to quote my beloved Corey Chamberlain, that's football. It is. All rules are helter-skelter in football, but in hockey they're not. It's like with the NHL and the American Hockey League with all these wonderful underage players that we're now seeing in the Dub Hub right now the Braden Schneiders, the Peyton Krebs, help me, the Tristan Robbins, right. the Ozzie Weisblatt's, mm-hmm. they all got sent back by the American Hockey League teams. But I thought, you know, in this, in this strange year, would the NHL, AHL, and CHL make an exception to keep those underage players up in the American League just this year at 18 and 19? And I was shot down, nailed to the rod, you idiot. No, the rule is you come back as an underage. Oh, Sorry. I was just going by the pro football adage that play wherever the hell you want.
3: What do you think? It's a little confusing. We're not in normal times. So normal right. rules shouldn't apply to.
0: Yeah. I think I've gone about as far as this, as I want to, and we'll move on. Like Ryan Gregory on YouTube says, Rod, do you think this is last and final plan or would they push back the season some more if needed? Oh, I could very easily say them getting into August and say, no, well, now it's not looking good. So uh, we're look, targeting an October 1st kickoff and a six-game season. Eight-game se- Think about it. There's eight weeks, October and November. They already talked about a Grey Cup in December in Hamilton. How cold does it get in Hamilton, by the way? I know it got to cold. minus 20 at the Grey Cup in Toronto in 2007. I was there. Cold. It does get cold. But wait a minute. They don't care about the players playing in the cold. That's, they don't care about the players at all. That's right. We, we've, that's been very, made very clear to us. Where was the comment beneath sports on Twitter? He's just found us. I says, love this show. He says, love this show. This is the best sports talk show in the country. As a Toronto native, I just got to say, you don't need to be in the big city to make quality content. Anything you want to say on that? Thank you. I've been saying that forever. They came from my program director in Prince Albert by the name of Garth Callan. Do you know him? Great guy. I don't. And he gave us hell, similar to what my dad gave us on the farm, "I won't accept anything but your best work. There's guys in Toronto being doing crappy radio. You need to put your best out every single day here at CKBI." Never forgot it. Sure, I've told you the, that from him, right? Oh yeah. And it works. Uh, I think, man, they're just going nuts on the comments on this. Nelson says, it says right in their update that they have plans to delay beyond August 5th. if things continue at the current pace. So I don't know. Uh, I can't let the viewers completely take over the program, but that's the news out of the Canadian Football League today. But it is big news. I call today potentially D Day. Is it going to be Doomsday, Delay Day, or Decision Day? I know, and it is Delay Day. But I don't. It's not Doomsday yet. I'm kind of sitting there going, "It is hockey season." For the love of God, it's April. Are we going to talk about that? I guess I should check the Prairie Mobile text line. But the, <laughs> Ray in Kitchener, Ontario. <laughs> A few things here. He says, at least the CFL gave an update. But I think it's putting off the obvious. I really don't think the owners want to dig into their pockets. They want fans in the seats, and I would be very very surprised if that happens. The CFL better get their ducks in a row with the XFL. Unfortunately, the CFL, as we know it, may be gone. And Ray goes on to say, more importantly, is the CFL sim season starting on time? I don't think we're going to do a simulated CFL season, which was our Video game broadcast last year. Highly successful, by the way, and had the backing of the Canadian Football League. But that was a hell of a lot of work for nothing. It was fun as hell.
3: It was lots of fun.
0: I I, I would do it, but we're going to need partnership with the Canadian Football League. We've been pretty hard on them the last few months. Are they going to even want to partner with us to do a CFL sim? I guess I would do it if they're in you know how much weight I put on eating pizza every Thursday night? I was Thursday just going to say. Calling video games right here from this
3: chair? There's a cost of entry, and it's. My me, waistline. Eating that, yeah, pizza every single week. Sometimes twice a week. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was not kind for the waistline. But uh,
0: The yeah. hockey club's watching in Tallahassee, Florida, says record number of live viewers on YouTube. Hooray! Thank you, Hockey Club podcast in Florida. Does that mean we should get talking hockey? So I felt kind of guilty last hour talking so much hockey, and we had Sammy watching from Florida, so I've, I've switched it over to football, and I just get the sense that that's what people want to talk is uh, football right now, and that's totally right. fine. Yeah. All John right. in Edmonton says, Rod, big question. Since the Grey Cup has moved to December 12th, a big NFL day on TSNC-TV. How is the big gray cup going to air? <laughs> I really love John. He's a P1. He's been watching this pretty much since day one. You know what Im- immediately comes to my mind on that? That's for CTV and TSN to figure out. That is their problem, not mine. It is. Is that, is that bucking the question? Passing the buck? No. Nope. It's right. I mean,
3: it's their, it's their problem. We'll watch what we want to watch. they
0: got 18 million channels. Like, they can find one to
3: put it on. But, I mean, that's not playoff time in the NFL, right? And NFLs, we know it's big, but the Grey Cup gets, will have better ratings and it will rank higher.
0: Um, from Metal Shingle Guy... Writes in on the Prairie Mobile text line, and you can too, 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized Sastel Mobility dealer. He says, sounds like the 20% discount to play without fans was a hard no. Naylor mentioned move teams to the West where there will be fans possibly. I say, good luck with that. That's with middle, Metal Shingle Guy. Everything is on a damn wing and a prayer. That's what bothers me about it. For a year, I was defending the CFL on that. While well, People are saying, well, all the other leagues are playing. Why can't they? I think we're at the point where I'm joining that group. You know? Because mm-hmm. everybody's losing money. That's the one thing about the CFL owners. And I get it. It's their money, but they're in it for what's best for themselves, not what's best for the Canadian Football League and the players. I really feel that way. On our poll question today, should the Boston Red Sox build a brand new ballpark? I'm just calling it up on our Twitter here. And I bring that up because if you watch the highlights of the Blue Jays 4-2 loss at the Red Sox last night, the Jays got a tour of the stadium, which I just found odd, but whatever. And the Blue Jays were signing the inside or the outside of the outfield wall, the green monster, depending on how you look at it. And I'm like, this place is such a decrepit dump. I've been there. It's gross. Like, there's nothing. It's not even charming to me. Well, 77% say no on Twitter. They should not build a new ballpark. And I'm asking you Red Sox fans out there, what's the story? Did you not have a plan a few years ago to build one, and then it fell through? Was yeah. it? That's what happened, wasn't
3: it? I thought so. And I get why people say no. History. Yeah, history. And they're not really answering a, do you want a new ballpark or not? They're saying, do you want to lose a piece of history? And I think, you know, the answer is no, but it's time. It's time. It's not, it's
1: well, not I think the it standards.
3: Um, look, it's fun to go and play in. And Boston needs to start thinking about it. And I know there's a lot of tradition in that organization and the city's great but you're going to start losing out on free agency if you haven't already and guys wanting to go play there because it's fun to play in there once, but when that's where you're going to work every single day, and those are the
0: conditions. You're not into that. No. Nobody is. On the CFL sim, it was so popular last year. It really was. I think we had 20,000 viewers for the Great Cup final. Ottawa, Saskatchewan went to overtime, and the Red Blacks won. on a questionable coaching call by Craig Dickinson. Let's just put that out there. Uh, Rick Haglin writes in all caps, it wasn't nothing. Sim was great. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. Thank you. It's like it wasn't, it wasn't nothing. It meant something. That wonderful Ottawa victory. Yeah. Our VP of Sim events, Nelson says I put on so much weight last year He goes, if we get the chopped leaf to sponsor it, I'm in. Who wants to eat salad when you're doing a game? Uh, Wayne in Victoria, where's the rude comment from Wayne? He says, we don't need a CFL sim. We need CFL football. But it's not up to us, Wayne. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't bitch at us. We got a new sponsor that we're going to unveil next segment. We're going to talk some Colorado Avalanche hockey with Adrian Dater. Avalanche Insider after this. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television across all 10 provinces and 31 states. YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports talk for Suds. Full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live.
2: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. This
0: podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health, LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We're offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE. 15 at EarthEchoFoods.com slash minute Media. Follow us on Twitter at the Danette May and at EarthEchoFoods.
2: Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, Canada's daytime sports talk show just ahead of Adrian Dater from ColoradoHockeyNow.com. We introduce the new sponsor I mentioned before the break, Pucks U, folks. Yes, that's right, Pucks University. Sign up for the Peterson Playoff Special now at universityofpucks.com and learn how to become one of the top NHL DraftKings and FanDuel players on the planet. For only $20, RP Show viewers get full site access from now until they hoist the cup. You can't afford not to sign up at universityofpucks.com. Pucks U has it all from systems, stats, strategies, and more. Brand new sponsor, and we uh, appreciate Pucks U coming on board. And let's bring in Adrian Dater now, Avalanche Insider at coloradohockeynow.com. Adrian, thanks for hanging on through the break. I appreciate that. It's been a while since we chatted, and in uh, the wild times with the Avs continue. Maybe we start with Miko Ranton and the COVID protocol issue. It's never gone easy for the Avs this year.
4: No, it hasn't. It never is with this team, really, when it comes to injuries or things like this. But, uh, you know, uh, it turns out Miko Randon did not test positive for, at least not yet anyway, for COVID. So uh, I think it may be just been exposed, and uh, he could be off the list here in uh, in two or three days. Uh, so better than two weeks, you know. And uh, he could play next week. But, uh, yeah, the, the absence. Still have uh, three guys on the COVID list as of right
0: now. I think I I mentioned to you last time we chatted how many Avalanche fans there are up here. A ton. My daughter's boyfriend and his entire family are Avs fans. And you talked about how it's never easy for the Avs. They've sure persevered, though, man. This battle with the Golden Knights for the top of the division has been wild. And they've been through a lot of adversity. Can you just explain the adversity the Avs have been through the past few months through this regular season?
4: Yeah, well, you, first of all, it used to be easy in this town. I mean, they won the Stanley Cup their first year, but uh, <laughs> they have had a lot of injury stuff in the last, you know, however long it's been. I mean, uh, uh, the adversity really started last year in the playoffs, second round. They lost seven guys in the start of the second round and uh, got got eliminated by Dallas. Yeah, they... Uh, Started off the season with uh, their backup goalie or 1A goalie, Pablo Fransuz. Never played at all this year with injuries. Uh, Eric Johnson was lost for the season probably. Uh, Matt Calvert has had concussion issues. He's still out. Then you get the COVID stuff that they have. They've already had one pause this year. Now they've got a second pause. Um, they Right now they have the most guys on the in the league on, on the COVID list at three. And then, uh, you know, it's uh, there's always something. But, uh, you know, the good news is they are uh, were in first place anyway before the pause. Vegas has since taken the lead with a uh, seven-game win streak. But uh, they have to have two games in hand, and uh, they play the Golden Knights, if all goes according to schedule anyway, Monday and Wednesday. So I think that's when we'll find out uh you know, who's who's for real? Although, you know, the Os are probably still gonna go into those games without their number one goalie. Uh they probably have to play without Miko in for one of at least one of those games. And uh Jonas Donskoy is the other guy who's out with COVID. Uh he is uh, he's a very valuable player, so uh um, you know, they're gonna have to win with uh with some uh, some of that vaunted depth that they uh that they do have on this team.
0: Well, Adrian, you cover the avalanche so well, and obviously you got an eye on everything else that's going on around the NHL. I'm looking at my standings here on my score app. you got Vegas out front and with 66 points. Colorado has two games in hand, however. Minnesota sits third, Arizona fourth. There's a big discussion in Canada with regards to how badly do you want to finish in first place, get a pennant, maybe a more favorable first-round matchup versus does it matter that much? Is there talk about that? In your area, in Denver, with that first place, the importance of finishing first. How do you, how important do you think it is?
4: I think it's it's important. The Avalanche have uh, never won a game seven on the road in the playoffs. They've lost a few. Um, They want that home night in a game seven if they have to have it. Especially, you know, with, with some fans in the stands anyway. Hopefully we'll have more by the start of, you know, in the playoffs. But, uh. I think they want that number one for the game seven and uh yeah, I do think you want that easier first round if you can get it. Uh you know, nothing against the uh, Arizona Coyotes personally, but uh let's face it, that would be an easier first round probably than against the uh St. Louis Blues uh, or the Minnesota Wild, I think. Um Although I do think the Avs would love to beat the Wild in the playoffs. So would their fans. so would their fans. I think the the Avs would, would be uh very up for that. And so, I don't know. I don't usually like the game plan too much and pick this team and want you know, hope for this team. I think it's always best to just play what's in front of you and, and beat them no matter what. But uh, let's face it, you know, this is the real world. You know, you, I think you'd want to, you want that easier first round, perhaps, let the other two slug it out in the first round and then play that other team in, uh, in round two. Uh, but uh, again, for game seven purposes, which historically does matter. In the playoffs, uh, home ice in Game 7, I think is like uh, almost 75% win percentage. So that's why you want that Game 7 on home ice. Well, I think we saw that importance of that. And uh, we saw the Avs lose two Game 7s in the Western Finals in 1999-2000 at Dallas. And uh, they made a vow that next year to get to Game 7, that home ice. Uh, they, it turns out uh, uh, they won uh, They won two Game 7s in that run to the cup in 2001, culminating with a win over the Devils.
0: Adrian Dater with this Avalanche Insider, and I love the comments from our viewers here. Uh, Jeff Kabilis from Winnipeg writes in, he says, I got a Sackick Avs jersey. Love those Avs teams. Craig in uh, Regina says, this guy has convinced me. The Avs are really good, but not deep enough for a long run. It matters to finish first. Teams are going to beat the snot out of each other. They better hope for the Yotes, the Blues would pound the body. Hey, it's a tough division. And uh, Adrian, I got it. There's a lot of teams that learned a lot in the playoffs last year. The Flames did from Dallas. The uh, Canucks did from Vegas. The Avalanche learned a lot, as you mentioned, losing out to Dallas. I mean, they're thinking cup or bust in Denver. Are they not? They have to be.
4: I mean, if it, you know, I don't know if it's bust, but it's, uh, it's going to be a very disappointed group they don't win the Cup, I mean, uh, you know, I do think the window for this team is more than just this year, though. So, you know, I don't think people should have fans to jump off any buildings if they don't win it this year. Uh, That's that, They're going to be tough to beat. You know, I don't. I think, you know, they're going to smack some teams around, too. Uh, the Avs are getting a little tired of being pushed around, I think, and they've played a little – they've played more physical lately. I think they're playing with meaner snarl. Uh, I think they're going to go into the playoffs with that uh, we're not going to get pushed around mentality for sure, uh, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to smack a couple teams in the mouth coming uh more than people think. And I also really excited to see this, how they play at Vegas next week. Vegas does have a bigger team, and they they've got a couple uh, let's call them borderline players at times. Uh, <laughs> that is something that is a concern I think to some Avs fans, and they do have a size advantage so. Um, the Avs do still have to prove themselves, I think, in that department. But uh, um, they've added some size and toughness at the deadline. And, um, you know, you gotta, you got to catch them first if you're going to hit them. The Avs are a very fast team. They, I don't think a team like St. Louis or Minnesota or Arizona uh, is going to be able to catch the Avs, first of all, in the playoffs. Vegas is going to be a, a battle no matter what. Uh, I think that, those are your two best teams of the Western Conference.
0: I love your use of the term borderline players. And by the way, I am a Golden Knights fan, and I know specifically of who you speak, led by Ryan Reeves. Um, you know the game, Adrian. Can you can you tell me your background in hockey growing up in America? I mean, obviously you're an American. I can tell by your accent. But where did your love of the game come from?
4: Well, I did grow up back east, uh, mostly in New Hampshire. Uh, but, uh, you know, I grew up a rabbit Bobby fan uh, Bobby Orfan, the Boston Bruins. Uh, I was here to watch, the, you know, the hockey uh, games at 8, 6, or 7. Uh, my mom would let me watch the first period of the Bruins games, uh, you know, and then I'd have to go to bed. But the great thing about being a Bruins fan in, like, 1970, 72, it was, it was always 3 nothing after the first period, and Bobby Orr had three points, and I always went to bed happy. Uh, I We didn't have a my high school was really small, so we didn't have a hockey team in the, in our high school. Unfortunately, um, I did play hockey as a little kid, but uh, kind of fell out of the game uh, when we moved to a high school with no team and stuff, and uh, didn't really have any rank around. So, uh, and then I also grew to six foot six as a high school senior, so. But, Actually, basketball was my game. I was uh, starting center on our high school basketball team. State semifinalist, so I have you know. Well, I
0: well, will tell you what, Adrian, you sound and judging by your picture, I would have thought you were born in the Ray Bork era. So you've just betrayed yourself for how old you are. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate the chat, and like I say, since you were on last time, I'm really I'm digging into your stuff, and I think you do a great job. The last time you were on, here's my last question. I'll let you go. We talked about the McKinnon versus McDavid argument and I don't even know there's an answer today on that since there isn't. But how did you feel about the the discipline he he's he served for throwing his helmet against the Coyotes? I kind of laughed by the way, but what's the inside on that situation that night?
4: Uh, I mean Nathan is a is a very uh, you know he's a hothead. Uh he's a, he's a he's a, he's, a, he's got a lot of burr under his saddle, let me tell you. Uh he's not a fun guy to be around at all. And, Losing, or they've lost the game. I've learned the hard way to don't, you know, really don't even go near him after a loss. If you try to ask him a question after a loss, he's going to snarl at you and uh, walk away. Um, that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I mean, he just doesn't like to, he doesn't like losing. He doesn't take any grief. Um, he's he's uh, try to hit him, boy. He's going to know. He's going to take your name, number, and get back at you. Um, and and know, he he has that reverse hit too that uh, Peter Forsberg used to have. He'll see you coming, and he'll reverse hit into you, and he's knocked a few guys on their butt. So uh, he's um, he's an interesting guy. He's twenty five, and uh, still I don't know if he's said his prime just yet. Even uh, you know, McDavid's a great player. Um, boy, I mean, you know, I think McDavid is is the uh, you can't beat McDavid for pure skill uh and he, i think he's even faster than mckinnon but uh um i'd love to see those two guys play in a playoff series against each other it would be uh it would be an awesome series uh maybe that'll still happen in the uh in the third round who knows or no ask you the fourth round doesn't it i don't even know the rules anymore about the playoffs <laughs> in the third and fourth round it, it still confuses
0: me nobody no nobody i've talked to knows adrian so, don't worry. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, you're not alone. My man, thanks. I always appreciate the time. Thanks for this. Stay safe and uh, enjoy the hockey. We'll talk soon.
4: Okay. Always good to talk to people of South one. I uh, visited there and it's an awesome place.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Bud. We'll get that story next time. Yeah. Can't Adrian wait. Dater joining us. And this is the thing that I love about this guy he talks about McKinnon being fiery, Adrian selling himself short. He's fiery. Oh, yeah. Kill a ledge. (laughs) Yeah, but I said to Clark, can we get some American hockey people on the show because of our vast American audience? Not to mention we asked American viewers, who would you like to hear from? And they said, Colorado guys. And so, as Clark says, threw a line in the water. And Adrian's like, I'm in. They're not all like that. You know? That's right. So I really appreciate that, dude. Um, we had a lot to get into here the rest of the way. Uh, Rick Haglund, very good point here from Rick. He says, the can-, in quote Mark, he goes, the Canadian football fans need to keep football in their minds or they'll get used to doing something else, my teenage son says. Selling rider products, rider lottery, everything they can think of connecting to sim with sponsors, pent-up demand will fizzle without some action. That's a narrative that I've been pushing for a year, and I feel like people are just finally starting to see it. That's all. It's scary. Scary, scary. William and Lloyd Minster says, I just watched the CFL video, and Randy said, if the East teams can't play when the season starts, they will make the teams come out West to play within the schedule as early games. That's the same what, 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 what we're saying is they will live in Hamilton but play the games out west. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm pretty sure. And if, and if those
3: governments won't let you leave and come back in the province, then Hamilton will move to Regina, Toronto will move to Winnipeg. I don't okay. know. They'll figure it out, but they won't play games out east. That's what we know for sure. We right. don't know where they're going to live, but they won't play.
0: Stacey uh, Champagne watching over from Access Now Television. He says the Pats cards sold out quickly today. Breaking news, the Regina Pats trading card sets have sold out. (laughs) Now that's some exciting stuff to me. Connor Bedard right on the cover of it. I had people writing me from all over the country. The Pats should probably know this. Rod, can you go down and get me some cards? I'll send you the money, Ali, and then you can ship them to me. I'm like, why wouldn't you just order them online? And they actually said, oh, sorry, didn't know that we could get them online at ReginaPats.com. Right. But the demand was nuts for these Pats trading cards, which were sold out this morning. Oh, it's not even noon yet. Wow. Bravo, hockey fans. And bravo for God's team, the Regina Pats. We'll be back with a sports update, curling report, all kinds of stuff. It's the RP Show. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk, streaming at rodpeterson.com
2: to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now you gotta subscribe click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed laid back and kicking it let's head back to the studio here's rod
0: so much going on sports update uh, coming up in moments but we mentioned the regina pats uh, cards are out. They were launched this morning. They sold out already, and I don't know what the number is, but Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says the Conor Bedard rookie card is already on eBay for $100 US. And you're saying that you don't think anybody will buy it for that.
3: That's, that was my original
0: saying. I don't yes, know they if,
3: will. I don't know if it's right. You're, you're underestimating. People will buy it because they'll think it's a deal. Now, here's the thing with Conor. Now, that's that's what you're going to do. You're going to buy the cards for $15 and maybe sell it right away for 100 if you're lucky. Um, but that Connor Bedard's really not going to be worth anything until he gets in the NHL then he has success in the NHL uh, and then he retires. It's in a, but, so that's the investment. You're going to hang on to yours and on your deathbed, you're still going to have that card.
0: Guys, flip up the ultimate fan zone. We're facing off right here, right now in the Mad Greek Restaurant. He just said the Connor Bedard card is worthless right now. I went up to the press box last night. I was there before you, as always. I'm not saying anything, but <laughs> there was an envelope with two sets of the whole cards there. And I'm like, I don't think Darren really wants this. He's not even a Pats fan. He's a Blades fan. So, like, after the second period, I'm like, I have a set for you, and do you want it? And you're like, yeah, I want it. I'm like, well, you're not even a Pats fan. Like, I'll keep these. But I gave it to you. I thought it was very humanly of me to do that. It was gracious. So this morning when I just saw the comment that the Bedard card is on eBay already, my heart sank. Because I'm like, it doesn't mean anything to the person that put it on eBay. It's just a transaction. That's sad to me. I'll never sell that card. You just said it. Don't tell me it's worthless. It means everything in the world to me. The Connor Bedard rookie card. So there's the face-off. Is it worth something or is it not? Is worth at least $100? It's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, Darren. Bingo. No, I agree with that
3: completely. Value is only subjective. Things are only worth what somebody's willing to pay for. What it's, what it's worth to you is completely different to somebody else. And they might literally be thinking, man, Rod's been talking so much about this kid. I bet you I could get some money for the card. And maybe it sells. Maybe it doesn't sell. Um, but it's a long-term investment. We want to just flip the card right away and make money right away. It's sad. You have to hang on to that, love the card, and then down the road as he goes on to be a Hall of Famer, that card could be worth a lot
0: of money. From uh, Jennifer Illingworth watching on Facebook, she says, I wouldn't even open the package. Stacy says, I don't plan on it. <laughs> From <laughs> Nelson Hackowitz says, the saying is, hit while the iron is hot. You're disappointing me, Nelson. You put it on eBay, didn't you? He's reporting to us what the price is, and he put it up there. So anyway, do whatever you want with it, but I'll tell you, I'll never be selling mine. It's priceless. The Face Off is brought to you by the Ultimate Fan Zone, your one-stop shop for the sports fans on your list. They got Blue Jays merch arriving. Visit the Man Cave, downtown Moose Jaw, or on Facebook, and the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw, available for licensed dining, takeout, or delivery. Head to the com for more information. A sports update. The Blue Jays and Red Sox wrap up their two-game set at Fenway Park today following Boston's 4-2 win last night. With all the recent injuries to Toronto's pitching staff, manager Charlie Montoyo hasn't settled on a starter, but said his options include lefties Tommy Malone and Anthony Kay, or an opener out of the bullpen. WHL rookie uh, Connor Levis capped his best performance with his fourth power play goal of the game midway through the third period as the Kamloops Blazers topped the Kelowna Rockets 6 2 Tuesday. Here on the Dub Hub, Carter Chorney had a shorthanded goal to go along with an assist, and Roddy Ross. Stop 20 of 22 shots as the Regina Pats doubled up the Saskatoon Blades 4-2. The Edmonton Oilers will be hosting the Canadiens tonight in one of four NHL games 48 hours after beating Montreal 4-1 at Rogers Place. Edmonton can jump Winnipeg for second in the north with another victory. Meanwhile, Montreal will be without starter Carey Price. He left Monday's game after one period and will be out at least a week while in concussion protocol. The Raptors welcome the Brooklyn Nets tonight as they try and keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Despite moving to Tampa and battling an outbreak, the Raptors still have a shot at the postseason. Seeds 7 through 10 in each conference will be part of the NBA's play-in tournament. And frankly, I like that. I think the NHL should have done that. Yeah, yeah. It works, It was awesome last it was year. So good. <laughs> yeah. So good. God, why do we have to do the thinking for everybody? I know. Day two of the Players' Championship goes today inside the Calgary Curling Bubble. Edmonton's Brendan Botcher and Winnipeg's Jason Gunlason will meet in the morning draw. Both are in search of their first win at the Grand Slam of Curling event after opening yesterday with losses. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. Visit today dubnetwork.ca and for G two G protein bars now with eight amazing flavors. RP show viewers get twenty percent off with the promo code RP show. Order yours now at g two g bars.ca. Darren, what are they saying up in the comments section? There, they're talking about that Bedard card. <laughs> I'm sure here's,
3: they are. Here's the e. There's an eBay and, and um, Amazon trick because people resell stuff all the time, and if you can go to you know your dollar store and. Take a look. You can buy things for cheap and resell them online. Don't go and look up what it's selling for because that's what you want for the item when you put it online. They want $100. You hit the QR code and go to sold items and see what people are actually paying for that item and have actually bought the item for. That's what it's worth. So until that Bedard card gets bids on it and sells, we won't really know what it's worth.
0: I like the comments from our viewers. The raging Dolphins maniacs watching down in Syracuse, New York, says his problem with new collectibles is that 100% will be kept in the package. That actually holds the value down. Most old cards were mistreated and thrown out. That's why they're so valuable now. Jeff in Winnipeg says, Is it true the WHL will play out with no playoffs? The season is just to showcase players for the draft? You know, what a great comment from Jeff in Winnipeg cuz I've been thinking about this. 17 years I spent in the Western Hockey League full time just doing radio, add another four maybe five doing television now, and I always thought it was about winning. Don't jump down my throat, you people, and I'm saying you hockey management people, I'm not saying this has been a I'm not saying this was a sham or anything. But what this year was all about was about showcasing for the draft. And it's not that the WHL didn't want to play playoffs. My God, you saw the statement from Ron Robinson, the commissioner, on Monday saying, hey, we were hoping that the health restrictions would be lifted by now, and clearly they're not, so we're canceling the playoffs. I said to somebody in the Dub Hub the other day, did Bron just shovel the puck into the government's corner? (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're like, wouldn't you? He can. So yeah. I guess I guess we had this debate with Dave Struge, the Pats coach. He was in here uh, whenever that was, Darren. Months ago now. In the fall? Yeah. And I'm like, what is it? Is it winning or development? Development or winning? What's more important? And he goes, well, it's about 50-50. And I'm like, 17 years in the dub, full-time. I never heard the term development like one time, ever. It was all about winning the Memorial Cup. So yeah. I'm just wondering if I'm a little – did I – or if things changed? No, perspective and stuff.
3: I mean, it, it has always been about developing players, too. But for those communities, they don't care about developing players. The fans don't care about No, they don't care. Players. I don't care. They want to win the games. Yes. It's their team. So it needs to be about winning. The marketing needs to be about winning, right? Not about developing players. Because as a fan, you don't care well what's going to happen. When you leave here, I don't care. I only want to worry about what's happening on my TV screen, or in my rink when I'm at the games, because I want my
0: team to beat their team. Well, I think I'm in a better place in my life right now because I'm sitting here wearing a Winnipeg ice shirt. I've got a a Warriors quarter zip that I wear and almost wore it today, and I go to the rink as excited to watch Ozzy Weisblatt and Peyton Krebs and Ridley Gregg as I am for the Pats. And if the Pats win, great. If they don't, I'm not grumbling in bed, staring at the ceiling all night, pissed off. This is better. It's way better, because you remember how I used to be. They it, had to hold me back. It is. And that wasn't, that wasn't good. It's I was, better. I was getting in a lot of trouble, although the fans liked it.
3: What? Yeah, we don't want <laughs> the fans to be like this, though. They <laughs> no. need to
0: be diehards. I've, that's, that's I've just I've mellowed it's supposed to happen at this age, I guess. Viewer takeover next. You're watching Overtime. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live. And 24-Hour Sports Talk at RodPeterson.com.
2: Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody.
0: Uh, Into overtime, as you well know. That's where the viewers take over. And on the comment earlier... Is it about developing players or is it about winning? This is, again, a new argument to me. This is maybe how the game's changed. But Michael Quinn's watching on Facebook. He says, I'm a coach in junior C hockey. We look at the d- development and skill and attitude. So, yeah, that's all good. <laughs> uh, Janelle in Saskatoon, she says, me too, Rod. It's been a year of me being excited about seeing all the teams and supporting the dub as a whole. But, of course, go Blades go. I'll dive back into you in a moment in viewer takeover. But first, the curling report, because we can't forget our friends at Verge Agriculture and the curling world. Scotland's Bruce Mowat got the better of Brendan Botcher for the second time in two days. Mowat toppled Botchler 9-6, uh, Botcher 9-6 on Tuesday in round-robin action at the Princess Auto Players Championship. A day after beating the Edmonton-based rink in the final of the Humpty's Champions Cup. Botcher scored three in the second end on Tuesday for an early 3-0 lead, but Mowat chipped away and then sealed the victory with a five spot in the eighth end. Meanwhile, a day after winning a record 11th Grand Slam of curling title, Ontario's Rachel Holman fell to Russia's Alina Kovaleva in the opening draw of that very same Grand Slam. Kovaleva's team broke open a 3-3 tie with three points in the fifth end. Holman's Ottawa-based team was coming off a 6-3 win over Switzerland's Sylvana Turinzoni on Monday night in the final of the Humpty's Champions Cup. Kerry Anersen, the national champion from Gimli, Manitoba, Winnipeg's Jennifer Jones, Sweden's Anna Hasselberg, South Korea's Minji Kim, and Turinzoni were day one winners on the women's side. On the men's, world champion Nicholas Eden of Sweden, Calgary's Kevin Cooey, Northern Ontario's Brad Jacobs, Brad Gushu of Newfoundland, and Switzerland's Yannick Schwaller started 1-0 in men's play. Round-robin play continues today. Curling Report is for Verge Agriculture. Helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Try Verge's Precision Farm Tech software for free today at VergeAg.com. And if you do go to VergeAg.com, you can check out our Monday Coffee Session, the weekly podcast with Verge Agriculture, where I join host Lindsay Barch talking about agriculture and the importance of mental health support. That's at VergeAg.com. Where were we, Darren? Oh, man. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Are we going to finish this up with the CFL? Uh, Wayne LeBrie out in Brooks, Alberta says every junior league in Canada needs fans in the stands in order to move forward next season. It's that simple. Jordan Ewart on YouTube says I'll always be a diehard Pats fan. No worries there, but I, I agree with Rod. A couple years back, I was at the rink to watch Dylan Cousins and a younger Peyton Krebs, and the Pats stunk. Well, that we, we were doing that, too. Oh, yeah. I noticed Cousins. The, the Sabres were shut out last night, right? Cousins yeah. got robbed by Tuca Rass. The workhorse from Whitehorse. Workhorse from Whitehorse. Yeah. So, yeah, you go and watch the other guys, but you still want your team to win. That's right. And the
3: other thing that came up on social was somebody wanted to, you know, our thoughts on the IHF women's cancellation yeah. of the hockey. Yeah. And my first answer, this isn't a sexism thing. I mean, yes, there's a difference in the appetite, but one's in Truro, Nova Scotia, Atlantic Canada. Yeah. No go to hosting a big international event in Canada. And the other is in Texas, where it's wide open.
0: The UAT. There's your difference. There's your difference. One's in Atlantic Canada, one's in Texas. Brady in Saskatoon writes in and says, Hey, Rod, Habs try not to embarrass themselves again tonight. David, Greta, uh, David Riddick, great pickup. <clears throat> That's from Brady. Of course. <laughs> he goes, I wouldn't get too hopeful about the CFL returning. It hasn't looked good. What was your thoughts on the Raiders tweet? I thought it was a massive mistake. After the uh, Derek Chauvin guilty verdict yesterday, the Las Vegas Raiders tweeted, I can breathe. White lettering on black background. You see LeBron's going nuts. Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, came out. He goes, it was my tweet. Chauvin's brother said right after the verdict, "We can breathe." It was an ode to the Chauvin, or sorry, to the uh, George Floyd family, and they're not. As far as since we went on the air, the Raiders aren't taking it down. He goes, if the if the Floyd family's saying we can breathe now, why can we not tweet about it? That's my take. Mark Davis will probably get canceled, because, but he's the owner of the team. So are people going to start burning Raiders merchandise? They they tried to do it for the good intentions. Yeah, and this
3: business of going to LinkedIn and checking job profiles and figuring out who the social media team is for the Raiders and posting their pictures online to try and ruin ruin their lives, that's happening. That I have no time for. That makes you a worse person than whatever you think is bad or whoever wrote the bad tweet.
0: My take on it is that Mark Davis explained why they did it. Don't know if that's enough for people or not, but uh, what a world we live in. We'll see you tomorrow with Joey Ferry from Montreal and Arash Madani on the CFL. 10 a.m. Mountain, noon Eastern here on Game Plus. I don't know. This is not an online therapy session whatsoever.
2: For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.